Hello, welcome to episode 18 of the Knowledge Panel. What did SEO mean for you in 2021? Thanks very much for coming on board. Uh, we've got a, a, a great panel and lineup again uh, this 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 week. Uh, can I just uh, introduce you to to the panel and and let me uh, ask the panel to introduce themselves if I can? Uh, why don't we start with you, Isleen? Um, oh, you had your microphone off, but <laughs> uh, so Isleen, uh, why don't you tell us uh, who you are, where you come from? Tell us a bit about yourselves. Hi, everybody, and thanks uh, for having me here today. Um, my name's Isleen Mühlhauser. I'm an SEO consultant specialized in multilingual SEO. I'm based in Lausanne, which is a French-speaking Switzerland. As you can see, English is my third language, so I'm not a native. So, of course, I hope you will enjoy my accent here and my efforts to depart part of the party today. We're just, we're just amazed that, you know, you know, everybody that's English speaking, we're so rubbish at learning other languages. And the fact that you're sitting there doing this in your third language is, uh, is, is um, very impressive. So thanks very much for coming in, Isleen. Thanks a lot. Um, Billy, why don't you say hello? Who are you? Where do you come from? Hi, um, so I'm Billy. Um, I'm a senior account manager and the training lead at the SEO Works. Um, I'm based in the UK in Sheffield, which is the foggiest place on the planet right now. It's horrible. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Brilliant. And thanks for everyone, ever so much for coming on. And uh, I'm glad the SEO works is, uh, is, is, you know, doing great up there in spite of the fog. I wonder how foggy it is in Los Angeles, in, uh, in California, Eric. I wonder, too, because I'm actually in the Massachusetts area. Oh, of course um, you are. So Sorry. Okay. So so much I, 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 I remember. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, so I'm Eric Enga. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was formerly CEO of Stone Temple Consulting, uh, agency that we sold to Proficient in 2018. I worked at Proficient for three years. I continue to do some uh, consulting work uh, together with them uh, and some other work on my own out of my little company now called Pilot Holding. Uh, you can work on the joke later. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, just excited to be here and looking forward to the discussion today. Brilliant. Excellent. Uh, so thank you all for coming in. Uh, just before we dive in, uh, I, I always uh, got to bring in my producer, David, because uh, I've always forgotten something. David, uh, how, what have I forgotten this time around? I don't think I've got to come up with something different that you've forgotten each time around just for the uh, the nature of the show. But um, I just want to say anyone that's listening to um, the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, whatever platform, thank you um, so much for listening to the show on these platforms. But of course, if you can uh, try and join us live for next time, just go to thenknowledgepanelshow.com, um, sign up uh, to watch the next one live. We'll tell you when the next one, next show will be uh, just towards the end of this episode. Okay. And of course, thanks to InLinks for sponsoring, paying for, I must admit, uh, I'm the CEO of InLinks, so it was going to happen anyway, uh, paying for the show. So, uh, right, let's dive in. 2021. Uh, interesting year for SEO. Uh, not interesting. It's always an interesting year for SEO. Um, uh, you know, what what stood out for you guys in, in, in 2021? For me, um, what stood out was 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 core web vitals at the start being so important for everybody in their minds right at the start everybody you know google uh, google sort of said oh yeah we're going to have this big purge on you know core web vitals um and uh, uh, getting everybody to make their sites 
much faster and uh, do all sorts of um, things. Uh, it, it was it seemed a little bit consuming at the start of 2021, um, but didn't really seem to amount to much. Was that just me, or Billy? Were you were you sort of spending the whole of 2021 on Core Web Vitals? So I didn't spend the whole of the year on Core Web Vitals, but I think. Core Web Vitals was really important for the industry. It's definitely changed how I work with a lot of clients and it's made SEO more ingrained into various business strategies now. I find that I'm speaking with more user experience teams, more development teams than than I've literally ever had ever before just because they've got more questions. And I think Core Web Vitals, for one, will be just the start of this process really i think there's more to come and it's just going to become much more about the user and user experience um and it's been a really interesting transition because working as an agency i just had one point of contact and now i speak to dozens of people in in just one business and it's it's so interesting that's really interesting so it's changed from it's it's it's, it's made seo a broader subject for you and a, a, have a broader appeal within the companies that you're working with uh, and that in itself has got to be good for the seo industry if you're then touching much further into the industry isabel you're nodding is that the same you, you, did you notice the same sort of thing? Yeah, I saw that it got more people interested in SEO, people who would have thought that maybe it was something technical and that would not um, touch their fields. As as Billy said, like maybe some more user experience uh, experts or designer who would have thought, oh, no, well, SEO, I don't really need to care. So I think it changed more about the way we frame SEO when we discuss with other specialists rather than really um, awful, awful uh, graphs going downwards. I mean, if the website was okay, it can have stayed okay. Eric, you found the same or did you get out of that world just before all that, all that happens? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I saw a lot of companies that got over-obsessed with, uh, with speed um, and, and by the way, it's not wrong, uh, but the, the idea that they would be obsessed with pursuing the, the speed with which their pages load because of Google saying it's a ranking factor is, is a little off course because it's a small ranking factor. And uh, actually, together with Proficient, they did a very detailed study um, that, that shows that. Uh, I think the broader story is the existence of the page experience ranking factor, which is a amalgamation of multiple factors, right? Including whether you're mobile friendly or not, and you have interstitials and HTTPS and stuff like that. Um, because what Google now has done is they've created this um, place that they can plug into the broader algorithm, a wide array of different um, additional user experience related factors as they come up with ideas and things to test. And I would very much expect that. So, I mean, Billy and Isaline, it's great that you had the experience of much more contact with user experience people because it is and should be rightfully thought of as a very important component of SEO. Even if the main thing it does right now is drive up your conversion rate, 
the reality is that will have at least some indirect uh, benefits to SEO. And, and you know, maybe it have some small benefits in the meantime. And do you think the tools that Google provided us with were, you know, were very helpful in that? Or did you find yourselves having to uh, rely on other tools apart from uh, uh, Google to uh, help with a, uh, the, the core web vitals? Well, from my perspective, at least, uh, you know, the tools are not bad. Um, the the challenge with them is that there's really a lot more, like if you're really trying to fix it, um, there's a lot more deep technical detail that you have to dive into to be able to to really, um, you know, make your LCP faster and um, and solve your FID problems. Uh, um, so, what, what's an FID problem? <laughs> so, first input delay. Uh, oh, okay, all right. You know, okay. Basically, is there some latency in the browser where it's busy running some JavaScript? So, when the user hits some action, it's not able to respond right away. That delay is called first input delay. And um, uh, you so know, that's, can, yeah, more, more TLAs, you know, and uh, it, it, they, they they mess with my head. I'm three sorry, letter TLA? Oh no, just a three letter oh. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it sends 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 me off every now and then. So uh, that, and I, I think the you know time to first paint and time to last paint and there were a lot of new um, ideas that, that 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 came in there um, with with, with Core Web Vitals, and I think that that. Uh, uh, was great because it gave us all something to get our head around, but um, uh, you know, um, but uh, but I, I, you know, I just felt that a lot of people, as you say, Eric, just just went for the the speed thing. Thought that was it. That was the that was the SEO kind of thing. We got to make sure it gets one hundred percent on Lighthouse or whatever tool they're they're going to use to measure that. But uh, it's I think it's really good. I guess because I'm not agency side, I don't didn't really appreciate that uh that increased engagement with the customer i think that's uh that's that's a really useful um uh thing to see so uh billy says that she's having some some uh wi-fi issues which is probably me um but uh if 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 um if she doesn't reply to anything then i'll uh we'll we'll, we'll let her off and, and and carry on but hopefully you can you can still hear us there um billy um okay so let's uh, let's jump into some 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 other bits um uh, eric before we we came on the show you talked about um the passages update so passaging um you know indexing content by uh, passages uh, which is a a bit of a bit of a, a favorite topic for me um but you know why don't you tell the audience what happened back in january and uh, and and how we how we saw it and how or how we didn't see it as seos yeah late last year google announced that uh, they were going to do a couple different things they were going to introduced this concept of passages is one of the bigger ones. And the whole idea was that you might have a longer form piece of content. And somewhere down here, there might be uh, one of the rare places on the web that happens to answer one very specific user question. And the example they shared in their initial announcement was uh, whether or not you could tell your, your glass, uh, the glass in your windows was screening out ultraviolet light or not. Um, and, uh, um, that's a question that isn't like commonly, you know, addressed anywhere. So they might find that buried in some, you know, 800 word piece of content. Um, and historically their algorithms would not have been able to surface that because the way they were designed was to understand the piece 
as a whole, but that very specific data point might not emerge as, you know, um, as, as being kind of separately indexed, if you will. So with this announcement, which they, I believe, rolled out in January of this year, um, uh, they've, they've actually started to do that, and they've started to surface that kind of information. And what's interesting about that is it speaks to how Google is obsessed with understanding the customer journey, the various steps uh, that users take, which rarely begin and end with one query, unless it's very transactional. Um, um, you know, if you type a pizza on your mobile phone, then that's you know probably a one query journey or very close to one query, but uh, a lot of other queries aren't. So it, so, it really tells a story about where they're headed. So Billy and Isling, did um, is that something that you know was was big with your your clients at the time, or did you guys um, do anything different as a result of uh, of of Google coming out with that, or did did life carry on? Um, as you know, as before, really, because well, not least because you're probably concentrating on the the core web vitals <laughs> updates that were coming on da- down the road. But did you guys get involved much in in passage indexing or thinking about it at the time? For me, we started looking at the content we was creating for my clients' blog posts, articles, and even like very specific service pages in a much broader level. So rather than just creating the one-stop shop uh, just for one specific user journey kind of thing we started to look at the different types of users and their search journey so we could kind of find them on different levels so whether it was restructuring the site and their navigation to target users that have a very specific end game in in, in there in, in place we'd target those but we could also have a similar page where it target people that are much earlier on in the in the sales funnel looking at uh, at um say if it was like um an aesthetics company that was looking at botox where well, they could just be searching for a concern things like that we were able to target such a broad range of people and those passages were massive massive um, helps with that um, so we could we, we was essentially just doing um, targeting those zero search term uh, search volume terms um, and those although it allegedly you no know, searches for them that gets zero searches a month those were actually massive traffic bringers um, and I, I, I found them so valuable uh, interesting uh, Isoline, I don't know if you want to j- jump in there I think for, for, for me, it meant like really um, organizing the texts in 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 clear and structured way and covering large semantic fields. And some sometimes, as Billy mentioned, it's meant that what seems like a not so important keywords actually grew in importance because we could target it and be visible for it, even though it, it was maybe not a whole a whole article or like very long, long format, something like that. I, th- I think it, it it worked well for us as well at Inlinks for the internal links part of what Inlinks does uh, in that um, because Inlinks is reading basically in passages, it's reading sort of extracting entities as you go down a page uh, and then uh, connecting the dots. So, so somebody could be talking about ultraviolet 
light um uh and 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 then we'd pick that up and then as soon as somebody said you know which page is a page on the website that's important about web ultraviolet light or windows it's this ultraviolet light in windows if they've used that text right next to each other then it'll link through to that windows page anyway so we were uh hopefully taking that uh, for a lot of used websites, it depends on how the user sets it up a little bit. Uh, but it, uh, you know, for, for a lot of users, hopefully, you know, if Google was going to pick up the concept of ultraviolet light in Windows in a piece of content, we picked up that's uh, then you know talked about on the on the Windows pa- page or the UV light page, whatever the, is important for the uh, for the website in, in question and links through. So it's taking people from the long tail, hopefully, back to the. Uh, to, to, to the money pages we hope um and uh, and and expanding the 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 uh the customers um confidence in in the website that they're looking at um so it, was, it turned out to be quite good for in links i think i think we had quite a a little wave of a community on a website or a facebook forum on seo that sort of dived in and said this answers that problem so it worked out quite nice for us um so that was nice so i was quite Quite glad that passage indexing came along. Um, uh, core, core, core Web Vitals not so useful for me because uh, all I do is slow a website down with JavaScript. But uh, anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, okay. We had um, a question coming in from uh, Suresh Kumar. Um, he uh, he went down a bit of a technical route, which is sort of some of our customers, I suppose, um, ask about. And he said, should we build our own knowledge graphs on our own website? Um, uh, on our website itself, or, or should we use external knowledge graph databases for for more impact? Um, so, I, and, and I don't know if that was aimed at me. I don't know if Eric's going to jump in, or, or Billy wants to jump in, or Isaline. But uh, uh, I think um, you know, if you're if you've got the energy to build your own knowledge graph manually for your website and try and work out all the things that you're talking about on every single web page, then great. But I think you're going to have two challenges. The first is it's going to take you bloody ages. And I think the second thing is you will miss things. I think the disadvantage of using a third-party knowledge graph is you're going to get entities that are not related to your business at all, and then the system will overcompensate. So I think it's a... I, I would say, yes, if you can build your own knowledge graph for your website so you know exactly what you're talking about, where, on which pages, then that's absolutely brilliant. It helps you build schema. helps you uh, understand your content better, um, and it's good. Um, but uh, I would say use, uh, use third-party knowledge graphs um, uh, like InLinks to, to get ideas, but pair out the bad ones, the rubbish ones, you know, and, and, and whether you use InLinks or whether you use IBM's Watson, which is also free, um, or, or Google's own natural, Google's own natural AI um, tool or natural language processing tool, they used to call it, um, doesn't return very many entities. That's the only problem I would say with, with Google's one is they don't return a huge amount of things. They're really good at turning out, you know, what brands you're talking about and what you know, locations just weren't talking about. It's rubbish at talking about things like ultraviolet uh, light or windows or those kind of things. It's just rubbish at finding those kind of things. So I think a human is better at understanding the underlying concepts than than Google is reporting in its own AI. Um, of course, Google does understand a lot more than its own AI. Um, but uh, I don't know... Eric, you've got a whole load more stuff on uh, on knowledge graphs. Um, I saw you saw a presentation you did um, the other day. 
didn't mention my product at all, but you mentioned a bunch of other useful products. Um, uh, so, so maybe you've got some other thoughts in there. I'm surprised you let me on the show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, uh, when I think about the, the question, I, the way I'm sort of interpreting it is, no, should you have your own knowledge graph that you establish around um, your own market space uh, so that you make sure that you can comprehensively cover the topics and uh, answer the wide range of user needs? Um, and, and for that, uh, whether you rely on um, a, a third-party source, like the excellent tool from InLinks, um, yeah, all right. You've you've blown that one now, Eric. That's that's no it's no good now. You can talk about the other ones. It's fine. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, uh, well, well, there are others. You know, I mean, Jarvis. Shortly, there are others that you know service uh, surface information, and then the major enterprise SEO tools try to do some of this too. Um, you know, Bright Edge, Search Metrics, SEO Clarity. There are a number of different companies that are trying to uh, attack this, but. If you think about the passages discussion we had before and the fact that customer journeys are have a vast amount of complexity to them and everybody's is just completely different, um, making sure that you're thorough and comprehensive in how you cover that with your um, content on your site starts with having some sort of map of all the things that you need to be talking about and, and all the different aspects of questions. And, and, you know, first of all, there's no substitute for having a subject matter expert help you create that content. But having a tool like uh, any of the, uh, uh, the tools I've mentioned, each of which has uh, great uh, you know, different strengths and weaknesses, um, is an awesome um, uh, way to augment um, that subject matter expert make sure that they do a really good job of covering the breadth and depth of everything. Really, Isalyn, I, I, I mean, unless you want to jump in on that, I'd like to move on to uh, to the SEO community itself over the last year. Um, and uh, uh, you, you, Isalyn, you were saying that, you know, you feel that the community itself has made some strides towards um, uh, a more inclusivity. Um, you know, how, how you know, do you, you think that's you know that's that has happened, or do you think that's in patches, or do you think we're uh, finally improving and the old guard are you know finally realizing that they don't know as much as they thought? If you want to know what the old guard is thinking or doing, I think you should ask them directly. But um, it's but, all right. It's, yeah, that's me and that's me and Eric. That's. But, um, uh, in, I think I really like remembering the good thing that happens, especially at the end of the year when everybody's been working so much. And I have seen some really good thing. I can't say if they are sufficient or enough or how the improved life of uh, minorities, but I saw, um, for instance, some big names who have lots of followers um, call out to conferences or even not going to conferences as as a speaker, because they were not inclusive enough. And here, I really would like to thank Arij Abu Ali for doing that, and also Azim Digital, because I think it takes lots of strength to do this. And, and I think for any newcomers, it's a really positive sign to see that um, people who are in a position of being famous or having some borrowers 
who actually do something, you know, like not go to a conference and or invite something different. So I, I hope this is something I will see much more in the future, of course. And I'm also striving um, to do it with my own podcast, Working SEO. And I think we can make this industry a good place and maybe just forget a bit about what is not such a good thing sometimes and, you know, just go forwards and make everyone feel like they belong. I, th I, I think that some, some, some groups have done a lot better than others. I think um, uh, Brighton SEO, I've got to give all credit to, to Kelvin. I think that uh, Kelvin uh, at Brighton SEO makes such a big effort of making, you know, a, in his, you know, I think he would like to have at least 50-50 male-female, but not just male-female. He wants to include that diversity and will force that diversity upon uh, upon the group uh, and uh, and make sure. He, he also puts, he puts uh, the most diverse group, I suppose, on the main stage. So it's not just a case of, you know, you've got the speakers coming in from, from different angles, but, um, you know, he's got the most diverse group of people on the, on the main stage with the biggest audiences. Um, so I think he, he, he does a good job. So I'll give a, a handout to, to him. Billy, have you seen that as well? Have you seen more, uh, diversity and more inclusion? Um, of, of different groups? I definitely have seen an increase in diversity. Um, I don't think we're anywhere near a good enough stage yet. Every month we see a, a list of SEOs, a top 10, and it's all straight white men. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, that's it right. You can, you, can put, you can put me in that category. That's okay. Yeah, it does. Absolutely, it, it does. You know. It is changing though, and there are things um, to keep trying to grow that change as well. So, um, Sophie Gibson, who's a fantastic Sheffield-based SEO, uh, recently put out the inclusivity and um, uh, diversity commitment statement, which she's sent out to so many conference owners, um, podcasts, everyone, basically, just trying to get people to sign their commitment to to diversity so then they've got something holding them accountable um and it, it's all in the name of positive change but we're, we're not at a stage yet where it, we're, we're, it's no, not, we're, yeah of, of it's, course yeah it was a, there's a long way to go it's true but i i mean i think I might bring our producer in here because david i know over the year we've uh we've we've tried really hard to uh to to make steps towards that positive change haven't we? and we found it we found it hard at times, um, particularly on very, very complicated. We had a particular one on CDNs on uh, on, on uh, content development networks where we uh, we had some struggles. But um, you know, on this this one and and the other podcasts that we do, how hard have you found that to um, to do that? Because I know it's been right at the top of your agenda. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it can be um, more challenging for very niche topics to get a true representation. I think the other challenge is when you're talking about a webinar that maybe has four people on or so, or three or four different um, um, people on, um, then um, to, to, to get a coverage every single episode. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if we should be, um, you know, I'd be, I'd be interested in uh, kind of Billy, um, Isleen, um, Eric's opinion on this as well, if we should be aiming for um, a fairly 
um, broad section of um, uh, male, um, female, um, non-white representatives, uh, if possible, in every single episode? Or do you, do you think it's completely um, reasonable not to have representation in every single episode as long as if the, the average of episodes over a period of, of say, a year um, offers reasonable representation? Isoline. Give us, uh, I'd love your opinion on that. I think the most important is to do your best and try and on an individual level to be curious about newcomers and different people writing articles. What I see very often and and I find a bit disappointing is I see there are some SEO who know each other over the year and they tend to share articles and news oddly about a bunch of SEOs. Whereas it could be interesting to be curious about new articles and new people writing things and also like retweet or follow or like people who come from a different field or a different country. And just, you know, generally speaking, not only on as a community organizer, just like you do and the work that you do, but also just generally on the channels, you know, as an individuals to to share good work that is maybe not from your pal, but uh, from other people who are actually deserving, even though they they are newcomers and they might be writing from a different level than you are. But it's interesting also for other people. So I absolutely agree. It's uh, it's an interesting challenge for uh, for us oldies, Eric. Would you say uh, that um, yes. we're so used to? I suppose, scratching each other's backs. And is it time for us to wake up and smell the coffee? Well, I mean, it, it's it's an incredibly important topic, right? I mean, uh, we, we just need to understand, you know, if you come into a conversation and, and you're thinking there's this other group of people who's not a part of us, then you're just coming at it the wrong way. And, you know, we're one, we're one humanity, if you will. And and we just need to be accepting of the differences and everybody. And, and it's not just accepting. It's like just there's no judgment. And it's like that's just who they are. And let's take them for and value them for who they are as people and and uh, be open to, you know, understanding the value that, you know, everybody brings to the table. And as Isoline suggests, uh, share content from others. Or uh, one of the things I try to do is... Uh, when I left Proficient, uh, I immediately started a program of uh, mentoring people who um, were uh, deliberately picked to be uh, in, I'd say, somewhat disadvantaged uh, situation. Um, and, you know, they're early in their careers struggling, try, you know, and certainly I wanted minorities and, and you know, this kind of thing, and women, this kind of um diversity in terms of who I was interacting with to just try to do a give back to that. So I think we all have to find our ways to contribute and and try to make a difference. Billy, um, any any thoughts on us old guard on that <laughs> so far? Not, not in particular. I would just like to say that we are four white people discussing diversity and we're not experts in this we need to follow people that can help us help the wider community so we should reach out to people like rejoice um i'll 
tweet everyone who, whose name I'm about to list here um, so you can find them. But Azeem, um, Areej, people who are actively working to diversify the community, they're the ones that that, that are going to be able to help, how we're saying, the old guard and us white people like diversify our industry and what we also need to do as well is that there is still a gap the the reason why there is so so many white men in seo is because there are more white men in seo and that's something that we also need to do as well is not gate gatekeep our industries is help people find seo and not be put off by seo and show that we're this awesome community basically and that there are a lot of people and a lot of um, companies and communities that have made mistakes in this industry and they are trying to actively learn and I don't think there is a right answer because I'm not the person that can give the right answer. I, I, I think this. I think all we can do is be moving in the right direction is 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 you know it has got to be the the objective and 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 it's it's quite clear in all manner of um you know uh, of of disciplines to see that diversity will add to your own you know if if you if you have an inclusive thought group around you you know inclusive and diverse group of people around you you're going to get more diverse ideas more diverse input but also the reverse of that you're going to get much less uh cognitive bias as a result of uh having a diverse group of people and so the decisions that you're going to make are less likely to be influenced by your own you know your own bias just because it's the things you know and certainly from from my personal perspective um I tend to uh, start to trust the people that I've seen talking at conferences. I, I'm a big. I've been going to conferences for twenty years, um, and uh, twenty, yeah, twenty years now, um, and um, and so I, I, it's it's it's. A, I hope that you know uh, that that minority groups don't not go to conferences because there's not enough people that are in minority groups there because that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy you know in order for uh that knowledge to get into the wider group then we need though we need you know we need people to stand up and be on those webinars and accept the webinar invitations and and uh uh and add the to the debate otherwise um it, it, it's closing it it's closing it down so hopefully you know that doesn't happen too much um and hopefully that only happens when somebody's you know really got a whole you know agenda full of of you know white blokes on on, on a conference you know um Isoline, um you've been very quiet anything that you want to put in before we move on um i would love to i would love to see a, a twitter thread after after this uh, webinar about um people um the audience could follow i think uh, what billy suggested i i completely agree it's a good thing to follow people who who are advocates and um so we could actually share uh efforts and do it then let's let, let's start the, the thread and start to to put out people that we think are you know great advocates of a diverse community billy do you want to set that one off after the uh the the, the after the show and we'll get it um uh, and david can we have a hashtag that we're going to put onto the podcast um so that we can get people to that thread um you know how about hashtag 
SEO diversity, or is that a bit too? Is that, is that okay for a hashtag for everyone in the group? Or has somebody already done that one? No. Okay. We'll go for ha hashtag SEO diversity. Um, put on put on the uh, on that Billy so that we can we can track it. We, we'll we'll jump into that afterwards. Right. Okay. We've not got that much time left, and we've 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 uh, jumped through a whole load of. Uh, a whole load of different things, but back into to SEO 2021. Let's uh, let's let's pick on Google for a little bit because you know everybody you know has to pick on Google. Um, uh, uh, you know, my my question is, um, how how near to the edge is Google in terms of disenfranchising its own users, not the SEO community necessarily, but its own users, by monetizing the results to such an extent that. Uh, uh, that they 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 are um, diluting the, the the quality of the results that are coming back. Uh, Isaline, I'm going to jump on you know you first. Do you think that the quality of the results is you know as good as um, as they were a few years ago, or do you think there has been a change? I think I can't answer that question. Okay, <laughs> I don't that, feel I have uh, enough. Uh, enough time and experience to actually provide an answer for that. I I. I always appreciate when somebody on these webinars says i don't know the answer to that question because so rarely does it happen that uh, that we end up having people um you know going in and taking something in i'll jump in with eric you know what do you think do you think it's been getting worse or do you think i'm just putting smoke out there so i yeah maybe it's getting somewhat worse and obviously google would like to find more ways to monetize you know uh, better, but there's some natural pressures against that. Uh, first of all, advertisers really don't want to get clicks from people who aren't like ready to buy something. You know, they don't want irrelevant clicks. So, um, uh, you know, and, and people coming in that are looking with an informational query or something, um, you know, that's maybe not a good way for that advertiser to spend their money. So the advertisers don't want it to go too far, that's for sure. Um, and uh, the searchers um, probably don't want it to go too far, too, because it makes their task harder. And yes, Google is the dominant party, but it's not like there are no alternatives. There's, you know, Ask a Friend, which is still the most trusted place for, for information and things like that. Um, I, I think maybe another aspect of the story, Dixon, is... Google answering more informational questions directly themselves and keeping them on platform, um, um, which is, I, I feel like, more of a threat to uh, publishers, uh, even though Google tells us they're still sending more traffic out than ever before. Um, but uh, I, I think there's a, a, a significant amount of market forces that will keep the advertising from going too far. Oh, what about you, Billy? Do you think uh, you know? Do you think Google's been getting further from the tree, or I mean, if you got have more propensity to start using other search engines? I don't see a lot of other search engines <laughs> taking up the slack, really. I did just publish an article about alternative search engines to Google. Superb. But I don't know. I'll be honest. Um, I, I'm I'm sticking with Google. Basically, um, I feel like there's some search terms where the ads that are a bit ridiculous there's loads it's it's uh, you're not getting what you're wanting for but i'm also one of them people that for some reason i just don't click on ads mm. um i don't know why i'm I, if i see them and i'm just like repulsed i'll just scroll a bit further down until 
read something that's relevant to me, but I, I could ramble on forever, but I'm going to well, copy it. And I do that as well, but I think we're probably we're probably you you know a bit a bit weird in the seo industry because we immediately see the uh, the paid results and, and the organic results as totally different things and so we uh, have a tendency to to do that i don't know whether they, that's the uh, that's the norm out there for 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 for, for um, people in general um but okay that 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 debate's going to roll on for 2022 then i think if they go too far then they're going to get um some 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 more backlash but i i take 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 the point that, uh, of course, the uh, you know the advertisers won't take uh, too much of it. But I have been reading uh, quite a few people who have been saying, "Oh, my advertising dollars are better spent on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. I don't know the, these other things over here." So they, you know, the 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 they are already costing uh, you know um, themselves some money. And then the other side of that was they've been talking about. Um, uh, would would a paid version of Google with no ads be something that you'd be interested in? They've been asking the the the, the users uh, a little bit, um, and I think that's partly because a Googler went off to set up a search engine that was a paid only version of the search engine. But uh, at, at the same time, it, it is an interesting question. Billy, Isleen, Eric, would you pay for a version of Google that didn't have any ads on a personal level? Probably. Isleen? Yeah, I think I would as well. I think I would as well. Um, I, I I would like one that was uh, entirely ad free. You know, uh, I'd happily you know put you know a reasonable sum into that and treat it like a bit of a Netflix kind of right. model. You know. So, um, all right, let's leave it there. Uh, I think we're nearly at the end of our uh, end of our time and and end of uh, end of twenty twenty one as well. So. David, what have we got planned for 2022? Okay, yeah, so we've got um, lots planned for 22 uh, already. So starting off with episode 19 of the Knowledge Panel, that's going to be on Monday the 17th of January 2022 at 4pm GMT, 11am Eastern Standard Time. Um, so that topic for that one's going to be SEO for image search. Um, already confirmed for that one is Alicia Karobka and Roxana Stingu from Alami. Uh, go to the knowledgepanelshow.com to sign up for that one and try to be part of the live audience if you can. Okay. And uh, Billy, Isleen, Eric, Billy, uh, if people want to get hold of you, um, uh, where can they do that? And what hashtag are you going to use for this thread that we're going to go with, which I'm sure is going to come back in my face no doubt in the next 15 minutes <laughs> so i'm going to stick with the seo diversity one uh, just because my internet's been a bit too wild so i didn't want to search and then lose <laughs> all connection um and if anyone wants to find me i'm all over the internet as billy gina um, and for those that can't see the, so those that can't see the screen that's b-i-l-l-i-e-g-e-e-n-a Great. And Isleen, uh, um, how can people get hold of you? Um, people can find me on Twitter. It's at Isleen underscore Margot. Um, and also at Work in SEO, which is my podcast and uh, job board. Isleen underscore Margot. How do you spell Margot, please? <laughs> I'll just write it in the chat and you can spell it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll spell it. Fantastic. And in the meantime, Eric, how can they get hold of you? Oh, that that's actually M A R G O T is the the last part of Isaline's uh, Twitter handle. Um, there you go. And um, and for me uh, at Stone Temple, actually, uh, 
S-T-O-N-E-T-E-M-P-L-E is my uh, Twitter handle. So that's where I can be found. That's brilliant. Uh, so, guys, thank you ever so much for coming on. Slightly different episode to normal, and it's going to be interesting to, to see that debate again on Twitter, and hopefully we can find some some uh, you know uh, some appropriate people to follow in 2022 that is going to make our own worlds a little bit more inclusive. Thank you very much for coming on, and uh, see you all next time. <laughs>